Welcome to Different From The Other Kids, a weekly podcast for parents of challenging children with your host, Angela Sunis, author of the Amazon best-selling book, Different From The Other Kids. Each week, Angela interviews an individual or professional within the mental health community. There's a movie out I wanted to tell you about, and this is the blurb that went with it. If you have doubts about the safety of psychotropic drugs and the treatment of mental health disorder, you must watch this award-winning film by Kevin P. Miller. It powerfully tells the real stories of people whose lives have changed through medication for the worse. The film also features the Stefan family story prominently, including the dramatic events that led to healing the family's mental health conditions, and it goes right along with uh, the theme specifically for our last book, which is Natural Alternative Solutions, but I think there's never a bad time to get a second opinion or a second look at uh, the psychotropic drugs that you're using as opposed to any kind of a natural supplementation or holistic look at things. wanted to introduce you to our next guest. Her name is Maria. She is going to be talking about her daughter who has been diagnosed with ADD and Asperger's. Uh, there may be a couple other things uh, there, but they seem to be the most prevalent that were challenged for her and her family. She's going to walk you through how the diagnosis came to be, what happened before it, and uh, the autism spectrum uh, being high and low with her daughter and uh, some of the raging and things that, uh, unfortunately, Maria had to deal with. Uh, so we're going to take this episode from when this child is young until uh, she's about 16 years old, and then we're going to pick it up in our next interview uh, and continue on. So without further ado, please help me welcome my friend Maria Mikado. When did you think to yourself that your child may be just a little bit different? I think since she was uh, very young, she has um, an asymmetric head and she has like a microcephalia. Oh, what does that mean? It means that one part of the brain grows more than the other. What kind of problems does that present? First of all, the the doctors thought that if the brain uh, can grow out of the skull, oh. it could be a problem. But uh, I went with her to the hospital for six children since she was about six months, measuring the head every month because they thought maybe it was hydrocephalia, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that. Um, uh, the first thing I really remember is, you know, the connection you have with your baby. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the connection there. Mm-hmm. She didn't engage with me mm-hmm. uh, and my eyes. And that was the, the, first differ- the first difference for me. So that would have been from, like, from birth? From birth, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no connection whatsoever. Um, and after, um, when she was growing up, I started having problems since junior kindergarten because she was very, her will, it was her way or, or no nothing way. else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that started kindergarten. And grade one, I was called and said that uh, uh, she's reading a label uh, high school level and um, that they wanted to try to, the teacher tried to, to help, but I never had the help from the principal or from the when the problem started, was about in grade three, that she didn't concentrate constantly. The school called me with problems with her, that she has outbursts, uh, that she has meltdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
that was the major obstacles for her to socialize. Mm -hmm. But we didn't know anything, any diagnosis at the time. Mm -hmm. The first time that I have a diagnosis was at the Shilson Center. I paid a bundle of money mm -hmm. for her to be assessed by a psychiatrist. And she um, said that she has a nonverbal disability and an ADD inattentive type. ADD in inattentive. So that, that, that was the two major things mm. at the moment. Uh, the problem started, we did the, the school started seeing the diagnosis and I bring everything. They did an IQ and she was over. Um, I think 127, something like that. The, the average was 75. And, and they start doing the EIP uh, for her. Which is individualized uh, education, education program. Yes. Um, but it really, it wasn't that much resources because they didn't know anything about the nonverbal disability. They told me that she maybe has OCD at the school. And... Uh, so I, I connected with, with a lot of people, and I have, she, she didn't have any fine motor skills, so mm -hmm. they start seeing all these things, and because of you, I called the hospital for six children. Yeah, Marie and I have known each other many, many years. She's been a family friend, and when she started to go through some of these challenges with her daughter, um, I tried as best I could, even though I didn't know a lot about anything either to try and give her as many resources as possible. And one of the names that I had received uh, for my daughter, if I remember correctly, that was a somebody that was head of the uh, adolescent psychiatry division or something yes. there. And I went and she said, uh, she was the first person who said that she has Asperger's. What really is the difference between, uh, it's on the autism spectrum as I understand it, and what's the difference between uh when you're dealing with somebody who is autistic as opposed to somebody who has Asperger specifically? You know, Asperger is, is in the other side of the umbrella of autism. So they are very vocal. Usually autism, autism they are quiet. And they make the sounds. And, but with Asperger, they are very vocal. Mm. And, and they, they cannot read social cues. They don't look at you at the eyes. Uh, they don't reciprocate conversations. They always talk about the topic that they want to talk. And, and they are very knowledgeable about that, but nothing farther than that. Um, they take everything literal. You have to teach them with graphics. And it's, uh, after I started learning, the, the, it's a dictionary for literal, taken for Asperger's. Another friend talked to me about, she went with me to all the parents' groups because that is what... I really suggest is people to educate and support each other because many parents have many different cases and we have a group but uh, the government is still financing that group mm -hmm. and, and we start going to the police and learning about uh, things that we can do with them, making them sign contracts uh, because the behavior is terrible. Mm -hmm. So she started bringing her son to a psychologist, and she has the ADD center, it's called. And what she does is neurofeedback or biofeedback. So, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to ask you about the neurofeedback because I thought it was interesting for anybody. Was it specifically for the ADHD or was it specifically for the Asperger's or both? 
For, for many, she started initially for AD, ADD, but um, she, suggest, uh, she, she was the second person who diagnosed uh, with, the, with Asperger's. So she said that um, the, the biofeedback, because of the waves of the brain, made them, uh, they send signals and they had to organize that in the brain. Because really in Asperger's, it's like you have like a, a dresser in your brain mm -hmm. and you know where you put your ideas or your, your thoughts or your memories, you have a draw for each one of them. And with Asperger's, everything is a commotion. So, so you, it, it, they don't know where to put in, in all the thoughts. And um, they are very, oh, oh at, at least my daughter was very volatile, very... Um, how how you say how do you explain that? Uh, yeah, very quite. Yeah, at times she, as I understand it from uh, your accounts to me, at least she's yeah quite violent wow. at different times. Very yeah, volatile, explosive. All of all of those things that are so difficult for so many people to deal with as a parent. Now you, if I could just stop you for one second, and we'll keep going. But um, you had mentioned from the very beginning that she was very lowly functioning in some respects, like socially and very highly functioning, they found out right away from when she was in elementary school. Now, was the social always that lowly functioning, and was the verbal always that highly functioning, or did it get to a point where you noticed it when she got to school? Well, when, when, she, when she was about two, I always was reading. I, I used to work at the library, so I, yeah. I was always reading for her. But one day, she was sitting right beside me, and I was reading Maya Angelou, and she started reading after me, and it, it, the vocabulary wasn't that easy. I, I like to read in English because I wanted to, to mm -hmm, learn, yeah? Mm -hmm. So she started reading to me, and it was like, a, what is this? So when they called me in grade one that she's reading and she, her spelling is perfect, I wasn't surprised. Everybody think, oh, that she was a genius. And they, you know, that is what they tell me. But in the social part, she started very early. In in the beginning, in grade one and grade two, she has lots of friends. But it started, things started to to escalate when they invite her to play in other people's houses. And the parents called me about the things that she was doing, or or um, or how she behaved, like uh, in in a manner that they didn't want their kids mm -hmm. to know at that time. Mm -hmm. Was she explosive to the other kids even at that early stage? Yes. She started, she was about grade two when she she was very frustrated mm -hmm. and it, it was horrible for her. She was really obsessive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she has the collection of the movies. The, she was obsessed also with Pokemon, mm. with video games. And she, she feel like she was in, in her world, uh, even so, when she was little, that she was uh, watching TV, she didn't smile to me or make eye contact. But it was a woman on TV in in, in a channel, and I it, it, for her, she's like she was talking with her and smiling to her. Oh, and it was it, it was all for me, and and she was having the idea that that everything that there was at there, in that other side. It was her world. The first time I saw when she was watching, you know, doing video games, and I bring from the library 
to learn like Japanese. She was very interested, but she never told me anything. Also, she never wanted to learn Spanish. Which is, which is my your language. Yes. Yeah. So uh, she started with English. She started seeing all these things. And she bring um, like tests from the University of Wealth. Mm -hmm. So she was at that level of English. Uh, when, how old would she have been then? Uh, she was in grade four or five. Oh, wow. It was a lot to deal, for me, it was a lot to deal because everything was new for me. Not only the language, the society, uh, how the other parents, uh, they don't make allowance for for something that you cannot see. If they, if they see somebody in a wheelchair, they know they need the ramp, the elevator, and they make allowance for that. But if it's something in your brain, people doesn't understand. If she has an outburst, they think that I didn't know how to raise my daughter, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not knowing what. And I couldn't explain to everybody the whole story. Mm -hmm. But since she started, she started in, 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 in biofeedback and everything. But the problems is still there with the same kids and the same families. It was families that they didn't want my daughter sit right beside their daughter because for them it was something like contagious. Mm -hmm. They didn't understand what it was. And because of being my daughter, the, one, the first one diagnosed girl as progress in Oakville, um, nobody at the school knew what it was. Uh, they had to educate the teachers. Uh, it was battles after battles with them. And I talked with the the director of the Catholic Board of Education for Halton. And I talked with him maybe for two, four hours, explaining to him everything. And he promised me that he was going to help me. But it was very little. She has a, a teacher that come maybe once or twice a week to help her to take, because she couldn't be in the class. Um, if the teacher was saying something and she made a mistake, she immediately tried to correct, and that is no, you cannot see this, and, and it's like a, a behavioral problem. But, uh, so they bring her, they try to do groups for the other kids to understand her, but nobody joined the club. And it was uh, the, the end of the, of the year, the grade eight, and, and she has a teacher that really understood her. She compared her like a, the one in the Brady Bunch, the one with the long hair, she said it looked like her. And and they talk and talk, and they did an interview at the Beaver. I didn't even know because she didn't talk to me about that interview. And she even put a different last name in order to nobody think she was, it was her. That was explaining how she feel, and and it immediately it's like it started growing this apart from me. So she started really having other behavioral problems in high school. She has an incident that they, uh, she wasn't harmful, but she, she took like a, 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 a nail clipper and I seen she threatened somebody. So and the, other, the other parents didn't take this in a very good way, so I was called and they suggest to me to bring her to a psychiatrist. 
and we were in a waiting list for a long time because the only psychiatrist for for about four thousand, and we went there and we explained everything, and I I find out there that that the psychiatrist the only one can give drugs because psychologists cannot do it. It has to be a psychiatrist. So we have to go to that way. So he started putting her in a certain medication and she become like uh, almost a schizophrenic. So that just indicates it was the wrong kind of medication. No. Yeah. And they, they put her in another medication and I always was in my routine with everything to her. And one day I found that she never took any of the pills. If you want to pick up the rest of the story, which I totally encourage everyone to do, it's going to be the very next podcast. Thanks for listening to Different From The Other Kids, made possible with the support of Raven 5. We are Contest Marketing. You can find them online at www.raven5.com. That's raven, the number five, dot com. Music and editing is a product of Among the Crowd Productions. You can hear more at www.amongthecrowd.ca. We'll see you next week. And now a disclaimer. In general, I, Angela Sunis, am not a doctor, and I certainly don't play one on the internet. I'm a parent, period. The advice from me presented on Different from the Other Kids does not replace advice received directly from a medical health professional. If you think you need help, I do recommend making an appointment with your physician or other appropriate health care provider.